Daf Pei Gimel, starting from the bottom of Pei Beis and Beis. The Gemara had mentioned the story of the of why it's also the Galut Chazirim of the two brothers who are fighting uh, inside and outside the Beis Hamikdash, and one of the spies inside the Beis Hamikdash area told the people outside through something called Chachmai Sivanis that they should stop supplying the carbonus because that's actually helping the people inside have a schos, etc. And instead they sent up a chazir. So the Gemara said two uh, halachas that came from that. Or someone who's magad al-chazir in Yisrael. And or someone who's magad, who is malamed, their son, chokmas yivonis. So at this stage it sounds like chokmas yivonis is just the Greek language. It's sort of what it sounds like. It says the Gemara on the bottom of Pebez, the chokmas yivonis be a series. It really also to learn chokmas yivonis. Vatanya, I'm a Rebbe, Be'eretz Yisrael, and when you're talking in the, just the vernacular, whatever language they spoke, Lashon Sursi, Lama, why speak Lashon Sursi? Tyson says Lashon Sursi is also Aramaic. Rashi doesn't say it's Aramaic. He says it's some Lashon Nilaku, some sort of like low-life kind of language, some street language. Why would you speak that? Or Lashon Kodesh, or talk the original Lashon Kodesh, or Lashon Yavanis, or speak Greek. That seems to be like we know, there's some kind of myla to the idea of the Greek language. So why are you speaking Aramaic? Speak, now, Aramaic is, if it's the regular Aramaic, Aramaic also there's plenty of Tanakh written in Aramaic. So it's not clear if it's the regular Aramaic or some sort of vernacular type of Aramaic. And Rabbi says, just speak Russian Kaidish or speak Greek. So you see clearly they're speaking Greek. Why speak Russian Arami? Tesis again says that Sursi and Arami are the same, different types of, uh, you know, maybe different accents or something, or at least speak Persian language, which is better than, than that. So why, so you see, Lama, I said that Rabbi said that they spoke Greek. There's a difference between the, what we call Lashon Yivani and Chachmas Yivani. So it sounds like from this Gemara that Chachmas Yivani would be like intelligence, philosophy or something about, that the Greeks uh, were involved in. But that's clearly not the case because we clearly see from the story that they were using this Chachmas Yivani to communicate. So it's definitely some sort of language, but it seems to be some sort of other language than the regular Greek that we're familiar with. Even this Chachmas Yivanus seems to be that there were plenty of Tamidicham who were involved in it. Who came from the base Nasi. The Pasik says, Yirmiya Novi said that my eyes are filled with tears because I'm the only one left from the people of my city. And Rishim Gamliel referred to this Pasik about his own family. That my, fa- my family based Nasi, had a thousand descendants, 500 of them were involved in learning Torah all day long, 500 of them were involved in this Chachmas Yavanus, he's mentioning it as a praise to them, he doesn't say it's anything negative, and after the Chorban, etc., just me and some cousin of mine in Asia, wherever that is, uh, and that's all that's left, and he was talking about the, the nature of the Chorban, but you see, he talked about his family. Five hundred of them learned Chachmas Yivanis. So you, you, well, you just said Chachmas Yivanis is Aser, and now he's talking about his family that half of them learned this. Says so, no, no, you're right. Really, it's Aser, whatever it is. But Amri Shani They were involved in politics, and to be involved in politics, you had to know and be able to communicate with this Chachmas Yivanis. Ukedusani, like we talk and see such a halacha. Hamasaper Kumi. Someone has this type of haircut, which was a Goyish type of haircut. It sounds like a ponytail of some sort, 
Um, so if someone got this type of haircut, that is something also to do because you're not allowed to be like the guy. Now it seems from the way Tyson says this, this is, at, this, at, at least this Masapar Kumi is only an Isra Durabonan. Because Tyson says it's called the Zerik Zera. Other Bishayim said Saka is an Isra Duraisa, but says the Gemara, Avtulumas Ben Ruven Hitiriloi. They were mad to him to get this type of haircut. The Saprakurim, they should carve Lamalchus. Everybody who worked around the king and the senate or whatever it was had this special type of haircut. He was the Jewish representative, it sounds like, in the senate, and therefore he had to get such a haircut. So they were mad to him to do it. So if it's a Nisidarabonin, it's plenty, it's very easy to understand. If it's a Nisidaraisa, it's a little bit harder to understand how they were mad to it. Either Enechanami, they were mad to Nisidaraisa for him because they needed to, or you could say that he wasn't doing it to be like the Goyim. He was just doing it because he had to, and therefore for him it wasn't as a derisa. But either way, you see that this Masapar Kumi, this type of haircut, would normally for regular people be usser. But for him, in the politics, they were matirit. So also, also, even though for everybody else we said, for them it was mutter, because they needed it, required it for their political uh, for the political interactions, and therefore we're coming out, Lamaisa, there's two things. There's Lashon Yivanus and Chachmas Yivanus. Lashon Yivanus is totally fine, maybe even encouraged. Chachmas Yivanus for the Hamayin Am is also for people involved in politics or interactions with Goyim. Then Enechami the Chachamim were mad to it. Mishnah said the next halacha: Lo yegad olamis hakelavim kein kosher b'shal shalosh. You don't want to have a dog unless it's tied up with a chain, so it's safe. You shouldn't have a dog. It's not clear, again, if we're talking about a wild dog, or some kind of rabid dog, or even a regular little puppy at home. The bar doesn't say Kelev Ra, but some of us, when they bring it, talk about it as Kelev Ra, which would definitely be some kind of wild, dangerous dog. But either way, Elim came kosher b'shal shalos, and let's tie up with a chain. Aval, says the mother, is an exception. Megadalu be'ira smucha lasfar. If you live in a city next to the border, where unfortunately we see already nowadays, still nowadays, living next to the border can be dangerous. So if you need to have a dog there for protection, a dog to alert you, etc., then you can have such a dog. But during the day, where we don't assume people are going to attack, then you should have it tied up. But at night, when it needs to roam around to warn Barking, etc. If someone has Shama attacks, then you could. It's the same, just like we said, it's Osir, it's Oru. The same thing would apply to a dog, again, except in those plus situations where it's mutter. Why does he compare it to being Megadal Not just that it's also, but as we said in the story yesterday, it was actually an or on such a thing. So you're also on a Kelev. Someone who stam has a Kelev would be in this or. This halacha that you're allowed to have dogs is not only in Eretz Yisrael, but even in Bavel, where there's a large concentration of Jews in, Jew- in a Jewish, one particular Jewish community, you're allowed to also have a dog there. Targum and specifically in the parts of Bavel near Narda, which was close to the areas where the Goyim lived, and you had to be careful. Narda Taka was destroyed a few times over history. So therefore, that in that part of Bavel, then you could have a dog as well. In other parts of Bavel, where you didn't have to worry about it, it wasn't considered a border city, and you, the regular Allah would apply that you shouldn't have a dog. Why? So Darshab Dustoy Dimin Biri, the Pasik says when the when the iron stops moving, Shuva Hashem, Hashem will come back to the calm version of Klai, so which includes Ribivois Alpha Yisrael. Right, so it means twenty thousand. Right, Tais says, don't make, don't think it means ten thousand thousands because that's more than Yitzchak Mitzrayim. So it means twenty thousand people. Twenty-two thousand. So it's river vice is twenty thousand, and alfe is two, so twenty-two thousand. Now, 
Uh, so again, the gears here is a little bit tricky whether you want to have it over here. Chaser echad. Okay, so if you had that such a thing, if you had 21,999, and there's a pregnant woman there, she's going to have the baby, and now we'll have 20,000 people. Once you have 20,000 people, Shechina can be sharing Klayisa. The Gemara is giving a very graphic. Uh, explanation here for why it's also to have a dog, which is just seems to be out of character, unless it seems to be like nowadays maybe people had dogs and we had to go out of our way to explain why it's such a bad thing. Novach Bakelev, and one dog barks by this woman, Vipila, and she never loses the child, she miscarriage, Ninsa Zegarim, the Shinish of Tisalat Israel. It's not just having a dog. Having a dog could be garim gullus, could be keeping the Shin away from Klai Israel, more is very extreme against having dogs. No, not, not, not speaking to anybody specific or particular. <laughs> there was a woman who went into a particular house to bake, right? In those days, they didn't have ovens in, every, in any particular, in every house. So she had to go to her neighbor to bake. So the, the owner over there had a dog, and the dog barked. And like every single dog owner that exists on planet Earth, right? the dog's owner said, I'm a lamari. The owner said, Don't be afraid for him. Right? He doesn't have teeth. He's not dangerous. Everything's safe. Don't worry about it. Amrle, and as every other person who's scared of a dog ever said to a dog owner, she said to him, Thank you very much. Take it away. Take it behind you. I'm scared. And the baby moved already, meaning that she's already started miscarrying. She was pregnant. She already started miscarrying the baby from the barking of the dog. So you have to be careful, or at least sensitive to, to people who don't like dogs. Ain't person in the The last halachal we said was you're not allowed to catch birds in the area around the city. So we said uh, the Mishnah had said you're not, you're not allowed to catch it far away from the city. So miyazli high. Birds don't travel that far. But tonight, the Mishnah said the gabe, the other den of birds, which is are you allowed to uh, raise birds? And obviously, birds fly around and eat everything. So how much distance do you need to leave? Between your bird groups that you're raising and other people's property, only fifty amas away. You have to leave it. Not the elephant that the Mishnah said. So, how far do birds travel? In terms of flying, birds can fly a thousand amas, and therefore, when you catch birds, you have to be careful not to catch personal birds within a thousand amas in the season because they might not be public. But but when they eat, they only eat within the first fifty amas around with their 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 home, their coop, or whatever it is, and therefore you have to, in terms of if you have a chicken coop or bird coop, you have to keep it 50 amas away from everybody else, but if you're catching a public bird, you can only be sure it's a public bird if it's a thousand amas away. So, I'm sorry, not thousand. So, it only go 30 risks. If you're in a populated area, you're not allowed to catch birds at all. Now, it's not clear if this is a dindaraisa or if this is only like a zeradrabaran uh, that we shouldn't take birds because you don't know. It's basically going to be impossible to catch birds ever because you never know. Maybe the bird was somebody else's. It sounds for many of it's only dindarabaran. But either way, it's an it's usr. Always, no matter how far you are. So if you're a farmer, be Yishuv Kravim. Depends. If you're in a Mamisha public area where there's nowhere else where the birds would come from, so a thousand armor, thirty wrists, whatever it is, is fine. But if you're in a place where there's Kravim, so the birds can hop from place to place to place, so there may, could be they fly, they fly thirty wrists, they stop, and they fly another thirty wrists. And then in Echanami, it would be us, or at least again, maybe Drabonan, to catch any birds in those types of areas, unless you know for sure that they're publicly, they're public birds and not owned by anybody else. Rabba Amar, be Yishuv No, the place where it can go far away is if there's other coops along the way. 
So an echnami, not just a kramim, but if there's other groups along the way. Yeah. So wait a second. So if you see a bird, so what do you mean you have to worry that it came from the city, which is really, really far? If there's other coops along the way, maybe it came from there itself. So what it says the Gemara? Could be those coops were owned by Goyim. And by Goyim, we don't seem to have this issue of taking the birds that came from Goyim. That's an indication over here that the stealing the birds is not really a dindaraisa. If it would be a dindaraisa, then Gzev from a guy would be Asr also the Chaira. So it's Mashman, it's not a dindaraisa, it's a dindarabad. And if we know these other groups are owned by Goyim, it wouldn't be a problem, except that we know that birds might be flying from further away. If these groups were just set up by the public works, and therefore they're not really owned by anybody either, maybe these ones are yours. So these birds you don't have to worry about, but the birds that came from further away you would have to worry about. And therefore the Gemara is saying that the halach of Shemris is only if there's no other you know, rest areas along the way for the birds. Birds. If there are, then Taka, you have to be careful catching birds, even from a further distance. Hadar Allah Next pack. New art school book. Everybody's got the new art school book? Okay, good. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah. We're now moving on to the Alochas. We've talked many times in the Masechla about Mazik of uh, someone who's Mazik and, uh, an Adam. Who's Mazik and Adam we're talking about over here. And he has to pay not just the Nezik, but as this Mishnah says, he's going to have to pay all the other four for a total of five different types of payments. Says the Mishnah. Someone who hurts another human being, that person. He's have to pay these five things, and they are... Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Sheves, and Baisha. So these are these five things, and we're going to go into great detail of what they are, how you evaluate them, how you pay for them, and where we see this from the Pesukah. So one by one. But Nezek, Ketzer. So what is the idea of Nezek? Now we understand that obviously when you damage an animal or you damage some other property of somebody else, that was we've been learning the Almasechta, you have to pay because that stuff has value. When you damage another human being, so it's a little, you, you could... You could theoretically debate in your head, is there actual monetary value associated with damage? Yes, you did something wrong, and you're not allowed to hurt somebody, and it's a bad thing. But is there actually monetary loss that you've caused to the person? So the mission says, yes. If you blind the person, you cut off his hand, you cause his leg to be broken. Now we're talking over here, in these cases, we'll talk later on, not, but we're talking about these cases about a permanent type of damage. Not something that heals. If it heals, we'll see the aloha might be slightly different. Anything about some sort of permanent damage. So then says the Mishnah, So you have, it is a monetary loss. Why is it a monetary loss? As Rashi explains, because a person can always sell himself, a person runs out of money, he can always sell himself as an evan. And if he can, if wants to sell himself as an evan, there's a certain value that he could get for selling himself. And that value is now affected by the damage that the mazik did. And therefore, that is the monetary loss. How much he was worth and how much he is worth. As we had earlier in the Gemara, you don't just evaluate the value of a hand. Right? Because if I said to you, how much would I have to pay you to cut off your hand? Right? That's millions of dollars. There's no, there's no value to that. The Mishnah Gemara said earlier that we learned out from the Psukim that you evaluate it. Like, just like when you damage a field, we said you don't evaluate the individual crops. You do it based on the entire field. So also the Gemara had said that the same idea. You don't evaluate the value of a hand. Rather, for Nezek, you evaluate how much the person would be worth to be sold with the hand, how much he's worth to be worth to be sold without a hand. And the difference is the Nezek. Now, what's interesting is, are we talking here about selling him as an Evid Ivri or an Evid Kanani? So Rashi specifically says, Now, the difference is an Evid Ivri is only sold for six years. An Evid Kanani is sold, So obviously the values are going to be very different 
in terms of how this affects the, how much the person's worth and how it affects the person if it's only a six-year sale versus a lenetzach sale. So some of argue on Rashi and say anechanami means how much he would be sold theoretically as an evid kanani, which is forever. And some of say no, that you actually evaluate it in six-year chunks. Now what that means is debatable as well. Does that mean every six years you evaluate it? Or does that mean lechatchila? You say, okay, we're going to sell him now. He's uh, forty years old. He could probably be sold as of every for the next, you know, four or five cycles. So five times six, and then we figure it out. It's it's, it's a complicated cheshbon. Exactly how you figure it out. Most rishonim seem to say, based on a rush, that it means evit kanadi, which is a much simpler type of cheshbon. But Rashi definitely says over here the word evit ivri. So which is just something to keep in mind when we're talking about evaluating this idea of nezek. Tsar, what's the next one? The next one is pain. So cover bishpur if you burnt a person with a with a hot poker of some sort, of a masamer with a nail. I feel it's Even if you did it just on his fingernail, As we'll see in the Gemara, all these five things can be individual. They can all be together, but they can also be individual. So you can cause someone tsar even though you didn't cause them nezek. So if you burn someone or hurt someone on a fingernail, which causes no value difference, but the mice this tsar, based on this type of person, Rashi explains different people have different sensitivities to pain. Okay, so it could be he's more sensitive to pain, you'd have to pay more. If he's less sensitive to pain, less. How much would he be paid, willing to, and we'll see what this means in the Gemara, to be paid or pay to have or not have this type of tsar, uh, that's how much you'd have to pay for tzad. Ripui, what does it mean to pay his doctor bills? He cool if you hit him, so then you have to pay whatever the doctor bills are. Now, so let's say you broke his arm or cut him or something like that, and then something else occurs during the, the healing process, which it could have happened. You could get some pimples, you can get some other viruses, etc. So if it's directly caused by the wound, then you'd have to pay for that as well. But if it's incidental, it wasn't necessarily because of the macro, you can't prove it, then you would not have to pay those doctor bills. You could have a case where he went to the doctor, everything seemed to be good, and then he had a setback, and he has to keep going to the doctor. All those pills are going to have to be paid as well. If it got totally healed, and then he, you know, he tripped later on and broke it again, then not necessarily would you be have to pay. Sheves, what is Sheves? Now, the point of Sheves is the amount of money that he didn't work. But it's not just the regular job that he had. Because whatever job that he normally did, that's already included in his devaluation as an evid. So if he was the person, the Gemara always says an example of someone who was, uh, who was involved in creating jewelry. So if he was sold himself as an evid, he would be selling as an evid who could work in a jewelry store. So that which you lost his hand and you evaluated him as the nezek, that already includes the fact that he can no longer work in a jewelry business. So what is Sheves? So Sheves is, It's just a... Even now, he doesn't have a hand, so he can't work in the jewelry business. But he could be a shamer. He could sit in the fields. He could stand by the door and make sure who's coming in and out of the building. That job he can have, he went out of hand. Right now, he can't do that job because he's injured and sick. So that amount of money he lost from being sick and unable to even do this menial job, that is what you pay as Shevis. The evaluation of how much he can't work with his hand, that's already included in the Nezek. The Shevis is just that he can't temporarily work while he's sick from this wound. In terms of how much embarrassment to cause them. So then I call it for Then it really depends on A, the stature of the, per, of the Nizik. If he's a higher stature person or lower stature person, it also depends on the stature of the mazik. Right? If you get embarrassed, it's more embarrassing for a low-level person to injure a higher-level person. So it depends on the stature of the mazik and the nizik. We'll see in the Gemara, etc. Says the Gemara, Amai.
Gemara says, and I have a little handouts here to follow along. We have a lot, a lot of psukim we're going to follow along. So if you, if you have the handouts, you can follow along. If you have a chomish, that's fine too. Or if you have on the side of the Gemara, all the psukim. But there are a number of different psukim associated with the hezek of a person. And we have to go through and understand what the nature of these psukim are. The main psukim we're going to start with is the psukim in Pashas Mishpatim. Now the psukim in Pashas Mishpatim are interesting because over there we're actually talking about the case of an Ishahara. So the Pasuk says, V'chiyinatsu in Parik Chafalaf, V'chiyinatsu anashim v'nak v'ishara, if you hit a pregnant woman, V'yatsu odeh, she has a miscarriage, V'lo yeh and she does not die. Pasuk Shah, we learned this before. So, Aynash Yonis, K'sheyasha ba'la isha v'nasim v'plam. This is what we call Dmei Vladis, we said, that you give to the father, or to the husband, etc., the Dmei Vladis, if the woman was not killed. V'masun yeh, if she dies, V'nasatadash then since you as a murderer are going to be responsible for the death of the woman, we said then you don't pay Dmei Vladis. Now the Pasuk continues. I am Takasai. That's a very, it's not really connected. Because the nefesh tachas nefesh is when you killed someone, then you get killed. Ayin tachasayin seems to be Pashup Shad going back to the Dmei Vladis. We said if you hurt the Vlad, so you're not considered a murderer, you consider it as if you injured the Vlad, and you have to pay the value of Vlad, which we talked earlier in Masech, there was a Chiddush, says the Pasik, also, if you injure someone, stop. Ayin tachasayin, shein tachasayin, yad tachas, yad, regal tachas, regal. If you injure someone, so then we have to have an ayin, Tachas desayin, a shein, tachas desayin. Kviyah, tachas piyah, burn. Petza, wound, chabura, tachas chabura. Different types of wounds, different types of pains and injuries. Tachas each other. What does that word tachas mean? If I just read the Pasuk Pashup Shat, it sounds like if you knock out someone's eye, we knock out your eye. If we break someone's leg, we knock out your leg. If you burn someone, we burn you. That's what the Pasuk seems to be saying. Pashup Shat. And the Mepharsh will explain, even though we're going to say it's not Shat, there is some, some idea, some soid, some kabbalah, why it says it this way. So you definitely could question why it says it this way, and the Mepharsh will explain our kabbalah. But how do you know that this is not Pashup Shat in the Pasuk? And that's what our Gemara for the next blot and a half is going to focus on. It says the Gemara Mai. Ayin takasayin amarachmona. The Pasuk says, Ayin takasayin. So maybe it doesn't mean you pay value. Maybe it means you, the mazik gets his eye knocked out. So the Malay Sokodaita Kempi. You would think if you blind someone, they blind you back. If someone cuts off someone's hand, you cut off your hand. The Pasuk says, no, there is no such Pasuk, but the Pasuk says, We're looking over here in the next set of Pasukim if you have on the sheet, in Pasha's Emor. In Pasha's Emor, there's a series of Pasukim related to this as well. And it says over there, just read the Pasukim quickly. So it's not clear. What does that mean, Yaka Kol Nefesh? You just injure someone, you get killed. That's a strange pasik. So we have to touch up what that pasik means. Then it says, Makesh Nefesh Behemi Yishamenu. If you injure a Behema, even if you kill the Behema, Nefesh Tachas Nefesh, which again is strange, you're not getting killed, right? But when you kill the animal, you have to pay. That's clearly you have to pay. Then it says, A pasik yutes, Vishki Yitain Mumba Misa, if you injure someone, Kasher Asa Kenya Yasalai. That also sounds strange. Does that mean you're also getting injured? And again it says, Sheva Taka Sheva, Ayin Taka Sayin, Shein Taka Shein, Kashayite Mumba Adam, Kein Yinasim Boy. Again, the Pasuk seems to almost go out of its way to say that you're going to get hurt back exactly the way you hurt. Then it says again, Umaki Behemi Yishaman, Umaki Adam Yumas. And that's the Pasuk we're going to be focusing on, these series of Sukkim. It keeps comparing and contrasting injuring an animal to injuring a person. That the Pasuk says it twice over here. So it says the one inside, Tamalimer, 
Make Adam Make Behem. We'll see which exact Pesukim we're talking about in a second. Ma Make Behem Tashumin. When you injure an animal, it's clearly Tashumin. The Pesuk says he shall mena twice. Af Make Adam LeTashumin. Also, when you injure a person, even though it says Tachas Tachas Tachas, it doesn't mean that. It means payment, and that's because the Pesuk combines them all together over here in Parshas Emor. Says my Rambam, if you're not satisfied with that, how are you, Aimer? The other pasuk says, We know that when an animal kills a person, you pay kaifer. When a human being kills a person, he's chayiv misa. And the pasuk says, you're not allowed to pay kaifer in that case. And why does it say that? It says, because he is now destined to die because he's a retzach. And we darshan says the Gemara, if he murders someone, you don't take payment from him. But if he doesn't murder somebody, he injures someone, then you do take kaifer. So we had one drasha, which seems to be from this psukim of Makimim and Makishalmena. For some reason, we don't like that. And instead, we switch to this drasha by kaifer. So now, first of all, let's go step by step through the rice. So the Mahai Make, which two words you tell me that it says Make Behema, Make Adam Yishamed, Make Behema Yishamed, Make Adam Yumas? Which pasuk are we talking about over there? So Hai Make, Ilam Make Behema Yishamed, Make Adam Yumas. If we're talking about the pasuk that we said from pasuk Chaf Aleph, Make Behema Yishamed, Make Adam Yumas, Huba Ketolaksev, Pashup Shad, that would be talking about. A person is actually getting killed. Maki Adam Yumas. Some of us should say it's talking about when a person hits his father. Fine. But over there, clearly we're talking about Misa. In that case, if you kill the animal, you pay. If you kill a person, a person will be killed as well. So what do you mean you're learning from there that you don't have to have Tachas? So Elamei Rather, we're learning from other parts of that pasuk. It says, "Maki nefesh behemi yishalmena pasuk yud ches nefesh tachas nefesh v'samach lei." And it says right after that, "The ishkiit in mumba misa." So it's not the same pasuk. It's the combination of pasuk yud ches and pasuk yud tes and parsha sember. Kasher also ken yasoloi. Says that's a very nice drasha. But Hailav Maku, you said it says Make Make. In Pasikut Ches, it says Make Nefesh Behemi Yishamena. In Pasikut Tes, it doesn't say the word Make. It says Ishkiyitein Mum Bamisa. It doesn't say the word Make. Sounds like you're making Xerah Shabbat that doesn't say the two words. No, in Xerah Shabbat, as we've seen many times in Shabbat and Abakain, you don't have to have the same word, as long as you have the same concept, that's good enough. Over there, the nature of, indus- of injury requires payment. Right? So it says in the first Pasuk and Pasuk Zion. How can you say we're talking about payment? It says when it says Maishumas and Pasukit Zion, that also now in the context doesn't mean to actually kill a person, it means you kill him financially. So I mean, my moment. How do you know? Like, so you have two psukim over here. From Bahama, you're learning out that it means payment. But the first pasuk seems to say, Mamish Misa. How do you know how to read this psukim? First of all, the whole fact that these two parshas are put together in parshas ever definitely indicates that the same type of halacha, their payment. So the Pasik says in Pasik Chav, and the Gemara tomorrow is going to say, Yinosein is a lotion of Tashlumen. When it says Yinosein, that's giving, that means you're giving money. And therefore, in the entire context of this Parsha, A, from the fact that it's compared to Behema, means payment, and also because it says, Kashay Yinosein boy is Mashma payment, therefore, Shmami no Mama. Okay, so therefore, that was the original drush of the Gemara, that even though in Pashas Mishpatim it's not clear that it's not literal, from Pashas Emor it seems to be very clear that it's not literal, it means money. 
My nafshchalimah, but the Gemara was not satisfied with that. Why not? Kasuka kashle the Tana Tana asks, my chazus the alpha maka maka be behema lelef maka mi maka adam. Why do we learn from maka adam? From the pasuk says, when the pasuk says ishkiti mumi, we say kasher asa keni asa lai. Right, so that pasuk is clearly mashma that it's literal. So. We have a steering name in the Psukim. On one hand, for the fact that it compares it to a behemoth, it's Mashra money. But on the other hand, the Pussy seems to go out of its way time and time again to talk about that it's direct. So, how do you learn this Psukim? So, Amri said, No, Donani Zakim, and he's Zakim, and he's Zakim, and he's That if a person murders somebody, he gets killed. But if a person injures somebody, not, and we learn that out from behemoth, so we'll make a, learn, a limud between injury. Just like if you injure a behemoth, you pay. If you injure and not kill a person, you pay. How do you know to do that? Maybe by an animal, whether you injure him or kill him, you pay money. By an Adam, if you kill him, you get killed. So maybe by an Adam, when you injure him, you should also not get killed, but you should do back to you what exactly you did to the person. So how do you know for that pasuk? And that's why the Gemara rejects the drush of Parsha Samor. If you're not satisfied with that, if a person's a murderer, he cannot pay kaifer to get out of it. But you do take payment, a kaifer, for an injury, says the Gemara. Shein and Chayzim. If they don't, if they're injuries that are permanent, says Rabbi Haylai. Sichu kaifel nefesh retzech lamutei rashi vamudiyosa. Is that what you learn after that pasuk? Hami bayalei damarachman alei sabe batarti. From that pasuk, we learn out that sins as a murderer, you're going to be killed. You don't have to pay as well, right? Killing the murderer doesn't reimburse the family of the victim. So maybe you would think you have to kill the murderer because he's bad and reimburse. So the pasuk says like says like No, once he's killed, you don't take money. That's all the pasuk's teaching you. How do you see if to learn from that that in the case of mazik you pay? Said no. Hi, mechdei rishosay nafka. The pasuk always says kedei rishosay, and we dash and rishachas at hamechayvay v'yet hamechayvish te rishoyos that you only punish any person once, and we, therefore we already know once a murderer gets killed. For his for his murder, therefore he does not have to pay. We already know that, and therefore the sikh kaifer is left to teach me that you pay kaifer when you mazik somebody. Says Mavakati, we still need that pasuk for something else. You would think that if a person kills somebody, he's chayav misa, he doesn't have to pay. Maybe he has a chance or an opportunity or an option to pay instead of getting killed, just like when an animal. We said, when an animal kills a person, the owner is supposed to be killed, but we don't, we let him pay kaifer. So maybe when a person kills another person, you're chayv misa, but if you pay kaifer, you're not chayv misa. And that's what the Pasuk is teaching me, like sikhu kaifer, that you have no chance to pay kaifer. But where do we see that it still applies to a mazik? Just say that. Why does it say the words So you, you, you don't take kaifer for a murder, but you do take kaifer for a mazik, which is an amazing thing when you think about it. We're now associating the paying of hezek with kapara. Because kaifer, we pass in kufr kapara. When, a, when an animal kills someone and you have to pay, we said it's a, it's a kapara-oriented thing. So now we're saying that the din of a mazik, when he pays, when he damages a person, is not a reimbursement per se, it's a din kapara on the mazik, which is a totally different type of halacha. We'll see much more about that tomorrow. So now that you're learning it out. 
from the Sikhu Kaifer, that tachas, tachas, tachas doesn't mean literal. It means money. So what is that hekish we had between Behema and between Maka Adam? If we tell him in the Maisa, we knew that from someone else. Amri, Imei, hi, Havamini, boy, Enenosavi, boy, Demein, Enenosav. If we just had our drasha of Kaifer, then you again would say you have a choice. If a person is mazik someone's eye, you have a choice. Either you could pay the value of his eye, like a kaifer, or if you don't want to, you could sacrifice your eye. Maybe you have a choice. So then we have the other hekish. is only You cannot sacrifice your eye that does not achieve the level of kapara that you need. But we're coming out now that really the limud, that a person pays money when he damages another person, is from kaifer. We'll see nine other drushas on this tomorrow, how we know this halakha possibly, but on the first drusha that we're focusing on is the din of kapara, not a din of restitution, but a din of kapara on the mazik, and the part we learn out from Makibemba that the only way to achieve this kapara is by paying, not by sacrificing a limb. That's the first drusha. Okay.